It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? Now there's a new team, and everybody's pretty much new, and I got their back. I want this thing to work. Everybody's got to get on the same page. JT the Brick. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be last-second losses. There's going to be a draft pick that doesn't make the team. Whatever it is, it's Raider Nation. JT, thanks for having me on. Always great to catch up with you, and keep it going, okay? I'll talk to you soon, man. And now, here's JT the Brick. Raider Nation, what's good? It's not JT, it's Harry Ruiz back here on Raider Nation Radio hosting today's JT The Brick Show. Thanks for tuning in on this beautiful Thursday, day number five of OTAs at the Intermountain Healthcare and Performance Center out there in Henderson and Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m., the flagship radio station of the Silver and Black has you covered. We'll be hearing from the Raiders on this show Scheduled to talk today, Carmen Brasillo, O-line coach, Frank Oakham, D-line coach, Hunter Renfro, Nate Hobbs, Jonathan Abrams, and Chandler Jones. We'll be hearing from them here on the show. Plus, Q and Vinny Bonsignor were there, and you'll be able to listen to them and all their thoughts and observations from today's practice Q on unnecessary roughness at 2 p.m and Vinny at 4 p.m within the huddle it's incredible Raider Nation we're 64 days away from the Hall of Fame game against the Jaguars and only 101 days away from the season opener in Inglewood against the Chargers the season is creeping up on us, and I love it. We always talk Raiders here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, and now we'll be able to talk Raiders football on the great iron out there at SoFi Stadium and, of course, over in Canton, Ohio with the preseason game. It's going to be very interesting seeing Josh McDaniels and his staff taking this team on the field for their first preseason game, of course, out there August 4th in Canton, the Hall of Fame game against the Jags. And in September, we want that game. L.A., that's our home. We know they got two teams out there right now, the defending Super Bowl champs, the Rams, and the L.A. Chargers, who are getting a lot of hype around them. But the city, it's still owned by the Raider Nation. We got a couple of guests coming up today here on the JT The Brick Show. Coming up at the top of the second hour, we got Mario Jerez, the play-by-play announcer for the New Orleans Saints and LSU football. We'll talk about the Saints, what's coming up with them. They got a new head coach, quarterback situation. Last year, they had four different quarterbacks start for them in the season. What's going to happen with them? We know the Raiders play against them on October 30th out there in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So, of course, we want to hear What's happening with that team? It's going to be absolutely interesting with that game. Halloween Eve. It's going to be very, very fun for the Raider Nation out there in the Big Easy See what happens out there. And, of course, it's going to be a big game right there in the middle of the season. The Raiders, the casinos don't have them favored in this game. They got the Saints favored by two points. But the Raiders, if we just compare both squads... In my opinion, the Raiders have a stronger team, but the game is being played in New Orleans, so that's why the casinos have the Saints as the favorite team in that matchup. So we'll be talking to Mario Jerez at 1 p.m., and of course, throughout the hours here from 12 to 2, we'll be hearing from the Raiders all the way from the Intermountain Healthcare and Performance Center. Today was the fifth day of OTAs, the second one with media access, so 
We've been hearing observations on social media of what has been going down. Alex Leatherwood, once again, playing in the right tackle position. That's something that the Raiders definitely want to see right now. OTAs, they're voluntary. Leatherwood is out there. Most of the team is out there, and we want them to absolutely be able to know which players are the best in which position. So this Raiders team on OTAs, we've had very high attendance numbers, and that's good. These guys are playing in a new system. These guys want to learn from Josh McDaniels being there in person, in the Raiders headquarters, in the Raiders facilities. We know Derek Carr is the first guy in the building, and he wants to be able to know that he has this team in the right place at the right time, and it's barely starting. This is the first phase. The team is going to be evolving Last week, I remember Vinny Vonsignor tweeting about it, saying, hey, they're running laps right now. They had a false start. They had some miscommunication in the red zone, and they were running laps. And why? We learned from Josh McDaniels that that was team-imposed, that the players were the ones that said, let's do this. Let's have us be accountable for our mistakes, and that's early in this preseason process in these in this training in this oh, in these OTAs organized team activities which are 100% voluntary and we've seen the biggest names from the Raiders this Raider squad be out there and performing and being able to gel together as a team to become a closer unit last year's team we got a lot of pieces coming back offensively but we were put over over the hump and being able to be able to get this team to the playoffs and win a game. That's the goal right now. Year one, usually for new head coaches, it's let's see what we got and hopefully we play good. You heard from Mark Davis when they introduced Josh McDaniels. We're not just starting over again. We're reloading. We're coming in with that mentality that we want to win right here, right now. In my opinion, you're still missing some pieces to be one of those candidates that are undoubtedly going to be fighting for not only making it to the playoffs, but going deep in the playoffs. And you look over to other teams in the AFC. The Chiefs, you got to respect them. They've been there. They've done that. And yeah, they lost some guys. They lost Tyreek Hill. They lost Tyron Matthew. But as long as they got Patrick Mahomes, you got to put respect on them. You look at the Bills. Heck, that game they played in the playoffs in Kansas City, that coin flip more than likely was the reason why the system was changed. And now there's a rule change, and now both teams are going to have possession if the in possession in overtime in the playoffs this year. You look at squads that are ready to be there. The Bengals last year shocked everybody, and now you got to respect them as well. The Raiders, I think they're a couple of pieces away, but guess what? This year is the first year with McDaniels and Ziegler at the helm. I think next year, when the Raiders host the Super Bowl, well, when the Super Bowl is hosted at Allegiant Stadium, that's the year that MD and the Raiders really want to make it all the way. They want to make it all the way every year, but knowing that the Raiders, for the first time, will be hosting a Super Bowl in their brand new Allegiant Stadium, that's the year, Raider Nation. And look, 
if you start getting the pieces together and they start working in 2022 and next year you're able to get a good free agent and next year you're able to have your first and second round picks that you didn't have in 2022 and invest in them and be able to get a player that can be an immediate contributor and be able to get this team to the promised land, that's definitely what we want, Raider Nation. So we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Call us, Raider Nation. We want to hear from you. What you what do you think? How far do you think the Raiders can make it with the current configuration of this roster? They got 89 spots right now covered. They got one open spot in that 90-man roster that they're available to have in these OTAs. And they got some influx of money because guess what? It's June 2nd. Those post-June 1st cuts of Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib just opened $19.75 million in cap space for the Raiders. So that definitely can become something to keep on the lookout. And the Raiders, what do you want them to do? They can take care of business in-house. They can easily just say, you know what? Let's just renew what the Raiders have in-house already. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, they deserve more money because they've outplayed their contract. They're very good players. They're stars in this team, and they should get money. But at the same time, you got some positions of need. Right tackle. Would it work getting a veteran, getting an experienced veteran in there and being able to retool this team in that offensive line or just give competition to that offensive line? We need to protect Derek Carr. So what's your opinion, Raider Nation? I want to hear from you. And we got our first caller here today on the JT The Brick Show. Passionate Raider, how are you this afternoon, man? Oh, man, you know it. It's Thursday. It's 98 days left till kickoff. I'm fired up over here, man. You know, we could talk Raiders football all day long, man. I love the show. I love I love the radio station. I love being able to call in and sound off for Raider Nation. And I just love hearing everybody else's different views on what they think. And I'm kind of like you, man. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not putting the house, putting all the money on this year. I think, like you said, that next year in our home stadium, that's where the push really begins. I think we're, a, we're an offensive lineman. And, and maybe one more defensive back away from being elite. I'm not sold on that right tackle position. I want to put all my faith in, in Leatherwood and give him the benefit of the doubt. We love the work he's put in. We love the players, how they've talked good about him, how they said everything he's done is to become a better pro this coming year. And I love hearing that he is getting that start at the right tackle right now. And I also love to hear that everybody is almost, what is it, 98% of the players are at OTA so far. I mean, that just goes to show that this team is really buying in to what McDaniel has. And my biggest thing, like I said this morning in the morning tailgate, is the discipline of this team. Are we going to get rid of those stupid penalties that's haunted us for years to we're always at the top of the league in penalties? I want to see solid, clean professionalism on this team moving forward. And that right there will bring championship-caliber players back to this organization. Let's go, Harry. I'm up for I'm I'm so excited, man. 98 days. And then tonight, let's not forget, we got Golden State Warriors tonight. Let's go. I call this this year, this is my slogan for the year. This is Trophy 
season. Let's get it. Let's go Raiders. I got to love that passion from Passionate Raider. There's a reason why that's his nickname. He shows that passion. He brings it. I love that call, and I absolutely agree with him. This is championship season, and the Raiders right now, new home, new regime, New, pretty much wide receiver, star in this team with Devontae Adams, an all-pro player, a multiple-time pro bowler, and by many considered as the best wide receiver in the league. This offense went from being a good offense to a great offense. The only question mark right there is that offensive line. We've already have elite offensive lines with the Raiders with Derek Carr as a quarterback. Carr insurance. We all remember those dudes, right? Donald Penn. Donald Penn, sorry. Was right there protecting his left side. Rodney Hudson. Gabe Jackson. I'll say it even though he was injured half the time. Trent Brown, when he played, he would always stay standing. Derek Carr. It didn't work. You would have an elite offensive line, but the weapons that Carr had, we remember the guys and we respect them, but they were never in the level of a guy like Devontae Adams. Once Darren Waller arrived, he showed what he was worth. And heck, John Gruden and Mike Mayock gave him a contract a couple of months after he was here. Why? Because they knew what they had in the building. He outplayed that contract. He still has two years left in that contract, but he deserves more money. Hunter Renfro, who would have thought that kid from Clemson in the fifth round would evolve from being third in Renfro in 2019 to being, okay, he's an option in 2020. So in 2021, being a weapon that Derek Carr can trust in each and every down. Raider Nation, this guy can definitely do big things, and they both deserve contract extensions. The thing is, you also want to be able to get more guys on this team to help out on the long run. So Raiders, this is going to be a very, very interesting couple of weeks and days also these days now that it's post june 1st it's june 2nd what's coming up for the raiders are they going to hire guys we know a name that has been told a lot of times daryl williams former offensive lineman buffalo bills who's going to be going into his 30 year old season and has a lot of gas left in his tank is he a guy the Raiders are going to be interested in? Riley Reef played for the Bengals, going into his 33-year-old season. There are people available. The elite names aren't there yet, aren't, aren't there. And there might be one or another after some cuts that happen later in the preseason. The Raiders, will they be patient or will they pull the trigger and go for someone else? We got 502 Raider on the line. 502 Raider, how are you doing today? How you doing, man? Fellow Chief Raider D, but check this out. Listen, so I'm 51 years old. I've been a Raiders fan since I was eight years old. I learned a long time ago to not think with my emotions. This is what I think needs to happen. I think that, you know, Waller, Renfro, those guys, 
are in contracts, but you can't pay everybody. You make this team good now, so what you do is you grab a guy like Sue, which is people people think about the deficiencies that we have at the quarterback position. If you shore up the inside of that defensive line, then that helps you a lot. That helps your quarterbacks tremendously. So you pay that guy. You bring in Williams, like you said, like I just heard you talking about. You bring him in to help out the offensive line, too, as well, because Derek has got to have – we've got probably one of the most explosive offenses potentially coming up this year, but Derek has got to stay upright, and you need to make sure that the line is right. We have rookies coming in, Parham and guys like that, that we're counting on. But if you get some – you got to spend a little bit, little, little bit of money to make sure Derek stays upright, we're good. Then you bring in Sue to get that defensive line together, man. I'm looking forward to this. It's been a long time as a Raiders fan. Sometimes you get caught up in, you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I've never been like that. I'm always thinking about the logistics and the realism. This is the first time in a long time where I felt like that we could be really dangerous. And I think you're very much like you and the gentleman were discussing before, that next year it's going to be even better because we have those draft picks and we'll have a year in the system with Derek playing in the system for a year. I think we're really going to be dangerous then, man. So, Love the show. Go Raider Nation, baby. I really, really appreciate the call. There is optimism this year. And this team, I feel, has what it takes to be competitive. But to be a contender and a clear-cut team that everybody, not only here in Vegas, Oakland, and L.A., we're going to be talking about them, but everybody around the country is going to be like, hey, the Raiders, be careful with them. I think that's next year. But, hey, why not? Hopefully... Josh McDaniels tells me, hey, Harry, look at what we got this year. We're going to go deep. Raider Nation, it's about time that we go to our first commercial break. After it, we're going to have Sibley Skulls, the in-game host at Raider Home Games. She's going to be joining us from Cali, and we're going to hear from her here on the JT The Brick Show here on a beautiful Thursday afternoon, day five of OTAs, and we're going to be hearing from the Raiders all the way from Henderson, Nevada. We need to split the group up and get rid of, you know, somebody or me and JB can't play together. Uh, fueled us um, to, to figure it out and, you know, not run from it. Jason Tatum right there from the Boston Celtics. Game one of the NBA Finals coming up today in the Bay Area out there in San Francisco. The Warriors, a lot of people have them as the favorites to win the NBA Finals. But the Celtics, I know they're going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy series. We got to keep an eye on that. And someone that's definitely going to keep an eye on that series is our guest here today. My first guest here on the JT The Brick Show. She's an actress, a TV host, a model, a recording artist. You can catch her on Access Hollywood. And, of course, every game you go to Allegiant Stadium, she's one of the voices you hear there as an in-game host. Sibley Skulls, I'm a huge fan of yours, and it's great to have you here on the JT The Brick show how are you i'm so good i'm a huge fan of yours you already know so um and i definitely will be tuned in i'm having a family party tonight at my house for game one of, of the series tonight with the warriors so go dub it's funny We're, we contact each other on social media and keep up with each other right there but i think this is the first time ever that we're actually talking to each other right 
No, this is definitely the first time, so it's my honor, it's my pleasure to represent for Raider Nation, to talk to you for the first time. Um, so it, this, is, this is a good day. And this is oh, absolutely this is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, so we got to talk about the silver and black. You, I know you're born and raised a Raider fan. How cool is it to be the in-game host as a member of the Raider Nation? You know what? I tell everyone this. It's literally a dream come true. I've, I've had the honor and pleasure of, of working in some amazing uh, networks and interviewed tons of celebrities and athletes. And it's just, this is something so different for me. It's so special. It's from the heart, the, the connection that the Raiders have with my family and my dad watching as a kid and we were watching as kids. And now to be able to step into, you know, that stadium, every home game, and any time, you know, I said, any time the Raiders need me, I'll be there. It's, it's a dream come true, honestly. So I get there to the stadium like super early, 8 a.m. for a 1 p.m. kickoff. I hang out at the tailgate, then I go back into the stadium, and I see you working hard. One of the things that catches my mind all the time that I remember, and I don't know if it's true or not, but the first person I remember screaming into that mic, Raiders, was you. Is that true or not? <laughs> you know what? Um, it might have been because that's just, I, I have to let it out. <laughs> so it might have been me. I might have got overly excited and, you know, been the first person to do it. But, um, you know, my co-host, Mark, he, he hits that Raiders like nobody's business. Yeah, and that's the thing that I remember when, when I heard it for the first time, you said it on the mic, and then the whole stadium went nuts with with the Raiders replying to it. I was like, you know what? I know it's real because Sibley feels it. And after that first time happened, then every game we hear it on the mic, on the PA, and I was like, I'll give all the credit in the world to Sibley because if you're a real Raider, you know what it is with the Raider Nation. And that, that environment at the stadium, from game one to the final game of the season against the Chargers, how did you see it, the environment change and get better and better? Because that Chargers game, it was lit. Oh, it definitely was. I, I actually caught that game in L.A., and so it was great to see both, you know, on our, our, our field, on our green, and then also out here in L.A. Um, it's unmatched, honestly, from the first game, from preseason all the way to that last game, it was emotional. A lot that the fans, the team, the organization went through um, to have those guys on the field continue to push forward. You can feel it throughout that stadium, and the fans really bring it. It was cool to know that, you know, that was the first season to have fans in there due to COVID, and it just it grew every single home game that we had, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. I stop and I talk to all the fans every chance I get, and I've had the best time just going there and seeing it grow and grow. And I'm looking forward to this season. It'll be my second season working uh, with the Raiders, so I'm excited. Nice. I love to hear that uh, you're coming back, Sibley, because the Raider Nation, they love you. The stadium, it needs you. It's been great since we've had you there. And so I was reading your bio when the Raiders introduced you. It says you worked with yeah. artists like Taylor Swift, Rihanna, and Lana Del Rey. Can you tell me the difference between working with artists like that and then being in a stadium and now being not in control, but being able to help out and get it, get the stadium louder and louder? 
You know, my first passion in life is music. Um, so I started off as an artist. I was signed. I lived overseas. I toured with Kyle Cruz. I've done so many things. I've worked with Stella McCartney. Um, artistry and then going to entertainment, you know, working at Access, working at E. Um, I was even on radio, 92.3 out here in L.A. Again, everything has taught me, you know, up until this point in my life, how to kind of maneuver. And this opportunity now with the Raiders to be an in-game host, I mean, there hadn't been one prior to that like this uh, that Mark and I are doing. And so it's just cool to kind of witness that and realize we are part of the family. It's not just a job. I think that's the difference. It's in our DNA. And we've been really supported by the organization to just go out there, be ourselves, and, and hype everyone up and make sure we're you know, representing each and every moment. So even when we're not on the mic, you know we're representing for Raider Nation. So, yeah, it's just it's just been a whirlwind, but it feels good. Yeah, and that's something important, being genuine, being yourself, because I've seen in-game hosts at, a, at other sporting events outside of Vegas, and they seem like robots, and you don't feel it. And with you, we definitely do. Another thing that I know you're passionate about is fashion, right? Yeah. <laughs> if there were... A dress to impress in the dictionary, I think there would be a picture of you in there because the hairstyle, <laughs> the outfits that you wear. I know you hosted the red carpet Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl red carpet at outside of Allegiant Stadium, and they were judging everybody else. Girl, you had the best dress, the best outfit in the whole in the whole thing. Oh, well, I wouldn't go that far, but I appreciate it. I will take the compliment anytime it's given. <laughs> you know, my hair and the way I dress is an extension of me. It's just another part of me. So if I don't have the words to describe something or tell you how I feel, you can look at me and automatically know she's having this type of a day or she's this kind of a person. I try to be as approachable as possible, but without thinking about it, I just go out there on myself. And any time that I'm able to do that in the workplace environment makes me happy because, uh, you know, not every place is like this where you feel like family and you're comfortable. Absolutely. And I went out there as a fan to the Pro Bowl. Finally, my first event at Allegiant Stadium, just hanging out there and enjoying it as a fan. And I had a great time. I saw you out there with Russell Wilson, with all the Pro Bowlers walking the red carpet. And for you, do you still have to pinch yourself when you've got moments like that? I know you've interviewed big names like Denzel and Angelina and Sama Hayek, but like in the sports world, when all the guys are coming up to you in the red carpet because you're the host and you're the one putting all the sauce out there, do you still got to pinch yourself at times? I do. I'm giddy every single time I talk to someone um, because, again, I'm a fan first and foremost. So I've watched a lot of the, the guys that who no longer play. I've watched them play. I watched, you know, and again, I hear all the stories from the legends that stepped on that field out in Oakland that my father watched before there was even the Coliseum um, when they were playing at the college. And so it, it just the history runs deep with my family and sports is our love language. So um, it, it is a pinching moment every time I get an opportunity to be there and to interact and really see how the guys are off the field. Obviously, we know they bring it when they hit they, they hit that field, but to see them off the field as well is, is pretty surreal. Like, seeing Charles Woodson for the first time, I was so nervous <laughs> to ask for a photo, but I had to. I was just like, you know what? This, I mean, I get this opportunity again. So those moments um, I'm grateful for, and, you know, I, I just, yes, I pinch myself every single time. 
So I used to go to Oakland as a fan to watch games, and I went to San Diego a couple of times as well. Now I have the privilege and the honor to call the games on the radio on the Spanish broadcast of the Raiders here on Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM, our sister station. I miss going to games as a fan. Sibley, now that you work the home games, do you miss it as well? I do because what I'll do now is go home after and, you know, I'll be in the hotel or I'll fly back to L.A. And it's like I want to watch the game over because I didn't get the full, you know, juice out of the game. I didn't get to see certain plays uh, happening. And, you know, you have to focus. And I, that was something I learned instantly, um, that first game, that first home game. I had to separate the fan from the work because the passion's always going to be there, right? But when you're working, it's a whole different beast. I mean, we're running. We are sweating. We're trying to grab different shots, you know, making sure everything sounds good in the stadium. The Winfield Club, all that stuff plays a part in our day, on our day-to-day out there when we're working. So, yeah, it, it does. It gets frustrating sometimes because I start turning into the fans when I, and I have to put my mic away. But, I, I, you know, I keep it moving. I'm very professional. But, yeah, it's definitely – I had to figure it out very fast how to separate the two. We're with Sibley Skulls, in-game host at the Raider Home Games. You could hear her absolutely kill it on the mic every time. And I'll finish off with this question. A place where you can be a fan, and I've seen you on social media, on IG, out there at the games. The Warriors games, they're on the finals. In the finals today, game one. How hyped are you for that, and how do you think this series is going to go? Everyone is saying uh, Warriors in six. I'm going to go and be uh, Warriors in five, okay? That's what I'm saying right now. I I had the opportunity. I was so, you know, privileged to be able to go to that last series against Memphis um, out in the Bay. I caught, I I think it was the third game, uh, third or fourth game. I can't remember now. But it was the way Chase Stadium lit up. I started posting this morning when I got up. I said, we need to continue to have that same energy throughout this entire series. I would love to see, uh, you know, from a hometown for the Bay, take another win home. So I'm rooting for them. I'm saying Warriors are five. No one come for me, but that's my that's my hope for for this series. Hey, it's 100% okay to be a homer, Sibley. You're a guest here on Raider Nation Radio, and a lot of Raider fans are also Warriors fans because both teams used to call Oakland home. And one last question, quick one. Is there a lot of difference in environment between – the Oracle and now this new set new arena that the Warriors have? You know, I will say I had, a, I had opportunity to go to a couple games last this, this, you know, regular season, um, the end of last year. And it's a different vibe. I will say that it's not as loud um, as I thought it would be. However, again, just this last series that I went, I really felt like, you know, Dub Nation showed up and showed out. Everybody had on their shirts. It felt like love, and it did feel like the Bay was home again. You know, there's, it's always different, especially like Raiders going to Vegas. It's always going to – you're going to feel weird at first. But once I was in that stadium um, in Chase, I realized, okay, the Bay is here. Everyone's representing, and no one's quiet. Everybody was on their feet for those, that second half, and it was a beautiful thing. Fantastic. Sibley, please tell everyone where they can catch you on social media, and if you got anything else coming up, please let us know. Um, Well, Vegas, I'll be back. Uh, I leave Sunday. I'll be out there for a few days. Media day coming up next week. So I will be with the Raiders. So if you're out there, say hello. 
Um, beyond that, you can find me on all social platforms at SIB underscore vicious. And um, again, Harry, it's been my pleasure, my honor. You're killing it right now. Thank you so, so much. Sibley, you're the absolute best. I'm going to have to call someone at the Raiders to see if they let me go to media day because I need to get a picture, not with a player, not with a coach. I need to get a picture with you. We've been talking about it for months, and it hasn't happened. So I'm going to try to get some influences out there and be like, hey, can you please let me into the building? I'll take a picture with Sibley and run away. Sibley, thank you so much. Thank you. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. Thank you so much to Sibley Skulls, the amazing in-game host at Raider Home Games here in Las Vegas at beautiful Allegiant Stadium. We're going to go to a commercial break and coming back, we're going to have Frank Oakham, the defensive line coach for the Las Vegas Raiders up at the podium talking today after day number five of organized team activities out there in Henderson, Nevada. This is the JT The Brick Show here on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. Anybody who uh, needs to be reminded to have appropriate fear in the NBA finals should should just not show up. Like just go home and don't 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 come. I mean, there, there's no such thing as appropriate fear in the finals. Like this is the NBA finals. So Boston's uh, you know, one of the very best teams in the league, the number one defense. Just don't show up. If if you don't have it, then watch it on TV. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> There's Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, who are in their sixth finals in the last eight seasons. They're trying to get their fourth championship under Steve Kerr. And you know that the Celtics are definitely, definitely going to be a tough opponent in this series. A great, great matchup between Amazing offense against amazing defense. The Celtics, they're in their first finals since 2010. They're looking for their first championship since 2008. Today's game, the Warriors are favorite by three and a half points. That's the spread. The over-under, 213 and a half points. The Warriors, the money line, minus 170. Boston, plus 145. Tip-off is at 6 o'clock for Game 1 of the NBA Finals out there in San Francisco. First game of the Finals ever to be played in the brand-new arena for the Golden State Warriors. So, now, let's switch gears. The Raiders, fifth days of OTAs. I know I lined up Frank Oakham, but we're going to get him in the next hour because Carmen Brasillo, the offensive line coach for the Raiders, he just spoke with the media. And here are his reactions after today's OTA practice. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, this was an offensive line last year that was under a lot of transition, you know, making some trades of some veteran players before the season started. Then there was injuries and Guys kind of mix matching a little bit. Uh, how important is it just to find those five guys and just develop some cohesion and some chemistry with, with that group? I'd say, Vinny, that although cohesion is important, you've got to extend it beyond five guys. I mean, the reality of the NFL season now, it's it's 
preseason games for this year, plus 17 games, plus whatever else hopefully you can get to. So in that regard, you're going to play more than just five guys. So you've got to develop that by moving guys around and challenging guys and, and asking them to do more. And uh, whether that's by technique or assignment, um, it's, it's something that I think at the position you'll, you'll see us always striving to get more than just five, really. I know it's early, but uh, Alex Leatherwood at, at right tackle looks like he's getting a lot of snaps over there. Is that kind of where he's sliding in right now? Uh, I think to that same regard, Vinny, I'm following up the, to the first question. I mean, Alex, like all the guys, have been playing a bunch of positions. So, I mean, it's a matter right now truly of, of as a group, us building some cohesion, understanding the system. We're not there yet. Um, and just working to develop some f- core fundamentals that might be a little different, some different teaches that we're asking them to do. So, Hey, Carmen, this is Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. You know, last year was your first year um, as, a, as a full-time offensive line coach in NFL. What did you learn from that experience that, that will help you carry it over into, into this year with the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, I would say, obviously, working alongside, as Frank had alluded to as well, um, you, know, you, you really want to try to be a command-style coach in the NFL. You've got some veterans um, that have been doing it a long time. Um, the last place I was at, um, we had a number of guys that had been in the system for five to eight years. Um, so you're absolutely going to rely. You know, you don't be afraid to tell a player, I don't know, but I'll find out. Or, hey, Tommy, let's try to do it like this. You know, I was, you know, my background, we're gonna, I, talked, I taught him about throwing the spaghetti against the wall, see if it sticks. You know, I mean, we're going to try to figure something out here. So we'll be more of a collective. It's the we, not just me. Um, and uh, we, I kind of take that approach to it. Um, my time anywhere, though, I mean, it's about giving your players answers, so whether it's high school, college, or professionals, which I've had a, been blessed to, to do all three. Um, it's about giving your players answers when the time comes. Coach Hondo Carpenter with Sports Illustrated. Can you tell us, with now that you've got the guys on the field, maybe what's been a pleasant surprise? Um, I think this is a group that enjoys each other and enjoys coming to work. I, I mean, truly. And, and it, it, we're a group in there. When the door you know, there's not a lot of ego. We're able to say, I don't understand this, or I need help with that. Um, you know, it's a collective in the fact that although it's professional sports, and we know that not everybody in the room is going to be here come, you know, September. Um, but nevertheless, they're willing to work with one another, um, coach one another, challenge one another. Um, and then when they step on the field, they work. I mean, our individuals uh, are no joke. And uh, I know that was a, a standard they had today as a group and, and coach was was talking about it. he can boil it down to its simplest terms and and it seems so simple but yet nevertheless it, it's really not um, as far as some of the things that we're emphasizing right now um, it's it can be as complex as you want it in a good way um, and I think that's a challenge to the guys a little bit um, and uh, they've enjoyed the challenge um, they've definitely um, responded to it you know it's not rainbows and unicorns I mean we've got a lot of things some core fundamental things that we got to be- get better at um, but nevertheless, um, you know, it's, it's a day, day to day. I mean, you got to work at it. Among your offensive line group, you have a lot of guys that, you know, have, have either played multiple positions in the past or you have them listed as multiple positions mm-hmm. on the roster. Why was that versatility such a, a key point of emphasis this offseason? I mean, I think back to Vinny's original question, you, your injuries are going to occur, you know, and now, you know, depending upon how they'll continue on with, with the rules, are you going to be able to address seven or is it eight as a, you know, as a COVID? I don't even know how those rules have, have impacted us, but um, if you're going to go to a game typically with seven offensive linemen dressed, you're going to have to be able to play multiple positions. Um, and, you know, if you're only going to play one position, you better be one of the best at it. Is there a fine line when it comes to a rookie? Let's say Dylan Parham. So I'm taking some steps at center today. Um, <clears throat> does he tell you sometimes and how he's talking, how he's responding when it's time to 
throw some more on his plate, whether it's at guard or at center, or is that something that you're just going to throw him in there and see how he responds? You know, it's funny. My wife and I just had a six-month-old, and she's talking about already treating cheat, uh, cheat, um, teaching her how to swim. You know, she's literally going to do that. And I, it's kind of like we're just going to throw you in the deep end a little bit, and, and we're going to make you swim. Um, and I think that's a part of it, and it's a shock system to it, and I think the challenge of it, um, just the, the system that, you know, coach is never going to be satisfied, and that, that transcends all the way down to, you know, if you're just going to teach them and just go slowly, then they're just going to plateau. Like, go with the shock system and, and let, let's get after it. You know, see what they can assimilate now. Adam Hill from the Review Journal. Um, you, you mentioned where you were before earlier. I don't know if that was intentional. It seemed like it was. But how much are you guys t- taking? A lot of you guys came from New England. So how much are you taking from that philosophy? How much are you kind of setting out on your own to – establish your own thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, New England is, you know, first job in the NFL and work, I'm an opportunity to work for Coach Belichick and then work underneath Dante Skarnecchia. I mean, those are two uh, greats at what they do. Um, I'd be ignorant not to say that that hasn't influenced me greatly. Uh, my time in college, my time in high school, you know, I'm learning life lessons from a lot of these coaches um, that I've been with. Um, but I think it probably is deliberate in the fact that how excited we are to be here, a part of this storied uh, franchise and truly, um, it, you know, I'm a, definitely a person that's going to be in the moment, and, and my feet right now are in Las Vegas. We couldn't be happier about it. Coach Q Myers, Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, going back to Dylan Parham, you mentioned just kind of throwing him in the deep end. How has he taken to that? How is he? How, what has he shown you so far? You know, he's really good. You had asked before the question about evaluating guys, and I mean, Dylan, I definitely is, is one of those guys that I think is important for an offensive lineman to be smart, tough, and athletic enough. You know, I mean, listen, it starts with smart. You know, you're going to play multiple positions, right side, left side, not center to guard, guard to tackle, whatever it may be. You know, you have to be smart and to be able to do that. Tough because it's not an easy job and it's thankless. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and, and then just do the athletic part. I mean, I'd like to think I'm smart and tough, but I'm definitely not athletic enough to play. So, um, but uh, we asked Dylan to, to do a lot of things. And, and uh, like all the guys, you know, they're just continuing each day to try to get better. So. What have your uh, early impressions been of Alex Leatherwood? Um, you know, you had a, had a rookie year, played a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's that's a testament to him um, and and what he's about. Um, you know, I would say just like the rest of the guys, truly, Vinny, it's a matter of just getting to know him, them getting to know me. I mean, it's definitely a part of that, you know. Um, so in that regard, we're all kind of working together. Um, um, but I know, like the rest of the guys, he truly, he's a worker. He cares. Um, he's got a high standard for himself, just like the other guys, and, and that's a good thing. Talk about having a young family. How have they kind of taken to Las Vegas? You know, it was great. My wife's a trooper, Megan. She, uh, we got a house already, so we're kind of settled. She unboxed that. I don't think we want to see cardboard for some time. Um, and then, of course, we've got a six-month-old that uh, our daughter's keeping her plenty busy. But thus far, we've been enjoying it. We haven't had an opportunity to see a whole lot. We've been kind of, she's been traveling back and forth a little bit. But um, thus far, we're really excited and enjoying our time here. Coach, you're a teacher. You do a lot of teaching. Thank you. I'm curious how you have found them to be assimilating, grasping in the classroom as much as on the field. Yeah, you know, it's it's difficult because, again, we put so much in to talk to kind of, you know, you can be, again, in that deep end with how much volume you're putting in. Um, it's nice now that the guys were hearing it a second or a third time, so maybe it's now starting to see it through a different lens or you hear some aha moments. Um, and, and I am a teacher. My mother was an English teacher, and I try to kind of come from that approach because – um, you know, it, it is definitely the classroom aspect of it. But then the challenge of it as well is we're asking them to do some different techniques as well. And in our position, it's not necessarily natural. I mean, just, you know, typically you don't spend time in that athletic position until you start playing offensive line. So um, we're making even a guy, you know, some of the other veterans that are kind of set in their ways change some of their techniques. So there's, there's muscle memory that we're trying to train as well. So it just takes a little bit of time with that. 
guys all set? Okay. Thank you, guys. There he is, Carmen Brasillo, the offensive line coach for your Las Vegas Raiders. I love that quote where he said, I want my guys to be smart, tough, and play their best football when it counts the most. That's what a clean offensive line does. And, of course, the Raiders, once they step on the field, that's what we want so they can protect Derek Carr. And then Derek Carr, when he has a pass play, he's able to get the ball to his targets and he's able to get the team down the field and score points for the silver and black. He, he was asked a lot about Dylan Parham and, of course, about Alex Leatherwood and pretty much about both guys. They're asking them to do more than one position. They want versatility in that offensive line. They want to be able to move guys around in case if they need so. You go back to 2020, and very quick, you had Richie Incognito hurt, and you had Trent Brown hurt. You go over to 2021, Incognito didn't even make it into week one of the regular season. Denzel Good was injured in the first game of the year. And you were moving pieces real quick. So that versatility, you know you need it in case a worst-case scenario happens. That for the Raiders, it happened the past two seasons. They got to be ready. Hopefully it doesn't happen. I'm knocking on wood. But if it does, they got to be ready for it. And about Alex Leatherwood, he said a hard worker and he has high standards. Leatherwood, a lot of people are putting a question mark over him. They're questioning him because of what they saw last season. A lot of penalties, letting guys through, and they want a better, they want an option there on right tackle that's proven. In my opinion, a guy coming into his second season, he got a taste of how hard the NFL could be in his rookie year in 2021. He's more prepared this year than he was last year. I still think he deserves to get an opportunity. He deserves to get a chance. And guess what? The Raiders this year, they got four preseason games. Yes, you're not playing against the top defensive ends in the league, the top defense in the league, because those guys, they don't play in the preseason. But you, those games will help Leatherwood get on his feet and being able to know absolutely more about what's coming to him in 2022 with this Raiders offensive line. Great interview right there with Carmen Brasillo, the offensive line coach of the Raiders. And coming back after the after this commercial break, we got Mario Jerez, the play-by-play announcer in Spanish for the New Orleans Saints and LSU football. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m.